Hello and welcome to another episode of Mindshare Radio Podcast. My name is Kevin Whelan and today I've got a little bit of a different format for you. I have an interview with Dagobert Renouf and he is a founder of Logology, L-O-G-O-L-O-G-Y dot C-O. And his startup basically creates inexpensive logos for startups that are designed by real people. So you go in, you answer a bunch of questions, they they come up with sort of a personality and an assessment, and then they suggest some some human-made logos that you can then choose from. And so we talk a lot about his marketing strategy on Twitter in particular, how he uses memes to grow his startup. He's very engaged, very active on Twitter. He's got a, about a 30,000 person follower, many of whom have, you'll find out in the episode, have, have been recent subscribers. He said has been kind of growing exponentially since he hit 10K. So I wanted to kind of get under the hood a little bit and find out what is his core strategy? What's his thought process? What are the tactics he's using and what is the mindset that he's using uh, to grow his Twitter, Twitter profile and ultimately his business? So we get into all of that stuff and I think this is going to be an episode you want to pay attention to. There's tons of really great, I took away from it, great mindsets about how to approach Twitter as well as other social platforms, but Twitter in particular. And this idea of memes as marketing. And I think as marketers, using memes for ourselves, using memes for our client are a great way not only to get engagement, which is sort of a vanity metric, but to generally engage with the community that you're participating on. And by tapping into the zeitgeist and, you know, ideally to the, to the, the, the zeitgeist of your target market, your niche. So we're going to get into all that stuff. I just wanted to kind of give a quick pre-intro to save the kind of awkward on the spot intros that that uh, can come when I when I record it during the interview. So without any further ado, I'll jump right into it. Listen to this one, take some notes, and uh, be sure to follow Dagobert if you want to see some great Twitter uh, strategy and mindset in action. His details are in the show notes. It's at uh, D-A-G-O-R-E-N-O-U-F is his Twitter handle. Without any further ado, we'll jump right in. So the reason I wanted to bring you on is you seem to be a cult favorite in, in the startup community and you use memes as one of the primary means of communication, but obviously that's not all you do. Uh, you're very active, very engaged with your, you know, 30,000 almost now followers on Twitter. So I want to unpack kind of two parts is one, your memes and how that works with you and how, how it's worked for your business, uh, as well as how you sort of interact on Twitter and how you've managed to, to, to go to get where you are today. So maybe I'll just start with what is your overall kind of Twitter strategy? If you could summarize it in, you know, one to one to two sentences. So that would be engage with people a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's like, I think that's the key. Yeah. That's, yep. And that by that, I mean, don't just like reply to people who like, you know, don't just like people who reply to your tweets, but like actually go out of your way to go see what people are up to and interact with them. That's like the key. And how, how many, like how many times a day would you say you're, you're replying and interacting with people? Like what's, do you, I'm sure you're not trying to hit a number, but if you give a ballpark, how often are you replying and interacting with people on a daily basis? I think it's like between 50 and a hundred. Yeah. Uh, basically I just have like this habit of like doing two hours every morning. Uh, yep. Like it's like the first thing I do, I wake up, mm-hmm. I open like, the list of people I follow and I go see what everybody is up to and see if I can bring value, be supportive, you know, basically, basically like it's a community. Like once yeah. you understand Twitter as a community and you treat it like a community, like you come to the community, Hey, what's up? What's everyone doing? That works 10 times better. 
I love that. So you're not really there to just, you know, blast out content, which is the, the kind of easy thing for people to think about. You're really there just to think of it as, as maybe Elon Musk would say a town square where you're just interacting yeah. with people the same way you would, you know, on, on the streets. That That's the key. I think a lot of people, they just, uh, you come to Twitter, you see something you like, you like it, and then you move mm -hmm. on. But if yeah. you just actually like just write one sentence to try to express what you actually feel, not just, uh, lazily like the thing it just yeah. changes the whole dynamic with the person and yeah if you do that like with everything on twitter it changes the whole the whole thing well one thing i've noticed about your replies on twitter and your engagement um first of all kudos for being able to keep up with all that um but your your, your replies aren't just like that's great or well done or anything like that. Your replies are, and I've noticed this not just when you reply to my tweets, but just like I see your tweets coming up all over the place on other people's tweets that I don't yeah. even follow. But you have a, you actually add insightful commentary. And I don't know if, like, do you spend much time thinking about it? Are you just naturally, in, in, you know, insightful? Or, or what is your sort of just general approach to writing a good comment or reply to someone? Because it's not off the shelf. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, yeah, because uh, if you just like, because like a few people do this, they go and instead of just liking, they like and they reply exactly, you know, so, okay, awesome. But that yeah. doesn't help, you know, to do that. Uh, mm. And I think the reason why, I mean, uh, I actually try to think of my reply as a tweet, like standalone tweet, usually. Mm -hmm. I mean, not mm -hmm. if it's like congratulating someone or supporting someone or just like a fun reply, like because it's a fun context, but like, uh, it's about like, if I see a tweet that inspires me, it's about, okay, how can I make my tweet stand on its own? Like, so it's like, has, has value on its own. Um, and at first it was just because I was focused on bringing value to people. Cause like, that's how you grow. Like you give people value. So you spend time, like you have to spend time. You can't just like shortcut that. Like you have to spend time. Mm -hmm. But then over time, the reason I keep doing it, even though I need to do it less now, cause I have a bigger account. Mm -hmm. I keep doing it because it's actually the best way to find good tweets for me. Because so, mm -hmm. so basically like the two step now uh, is like, I'm going to use these replies as a way for me to, you know, think about, okay, that would be a good answer for that tweet. Mm -hmm. But then that reply can become three weeks from now, a standalone tweet that I make from my own mm -hmm. timeline. Um, so now it's all like kind of like a syn synergy between everything. Interesting. And do you save or record those when you write a good tweet? Do you kind of say, exactly. I'm going to so keep basically, yeah. yeah, five times a day. I mean, every morning, let's say I do 50 replies mm -hmm. and I'm going to have like between two and five of them that I just see, okay, this is, this has potential. So I copy huh. and paste it in like one of my draft folder and also yeah. copy and paste the link to the tweet. And then like, let's say three weeks later, I come back to it and I click on the link and I see, oh shit, this one got 15 likes as a reply. So it's kind of like an MVP of my tweets like seriously yeah it's like like it's actually like testing it uh, as a reply and if it got some traction as a reply i know it's going to succeed as a standalone tweet interesting so, so I, you're looking for kind of signs of life for that idea based on a reply. well you know it, it's subtle because like if i reply to a small account it's not going to get much likes it's because mm -hmm. like it's just not much reach but mm -hmm. basically yeah trying to find like it's a mix of like i mean if i feel like it's a good one i'm going to post it anyway but like, if I see like, sometimes I have a tweet, I'm like, oh, it's just like a, you know, mediocre answer, but I get like 20 likes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that as a standalone tweet because it resonated with people. Very cool. So 
Okay, very cool. So you've been on Twitter. I noticed your profile says from 2018, but you were kind of saying that you over the last year has been the most year, significant. Yeah, it was like yeah. end of May, end of May 2021, and we're like early May 2022 now. Yeah. And is that when you sort of left your job and you were like, I better try this Twitter thing, oh, no. or what happened? <laughs> no, I left my job like almost four years ago. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh wow. Uh, I had some savings, yeah. and you know we just went full time with my wife. Uh, she had some savings too. And we just, you know, went full time. Let's build this. And we had this assumption that we could be making millions quickly, uh, which didn't happen. Uh, It took us like a year and a half to launch. So we basically, you know, quit in summer 2018. I mean, we started in like September 2018, Mm -hmm. launched in April 2021, no, 2020. So just after COVID. So that's like a year and a half. Uh And then... It took us one more year, so up to May 2021, to get some traction and some sales wow. finally. Uh, so it was a lot of like sticking with it, uh, knowing, okay, is this worth continuing or should we give up? Uh, you know, we even have like a third co-founder who came at some point and who and who didn't want to keep going because he thought it was it was never going to work. Right. So it was like a lot of uh, you know keep pushing mentality that we had to to have wow wow good for you i mean and i remember i've seen your several of your tweets saying something like your mother your father-in-law jokes you should just go back and get a job Um, do you feel is that a real thing yeah 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 i mean yeah most of the memes are not the real thing like it's like the jokes i make it's more like a pun i I invented it's not a situation that happened not exactly yeah yeah but like the original thing was uh when like uh, end of 2021, you know, end of 2020, early 2021. So one and a half years ago, we were making like $150 a month, like selling two logos per month to our startup. Uh, and so this third co-founder had just left. We gave him money uh, so we could get back his shares. Like, oh, and that's when like my, my in-laws like kind of lost it and told us, <laughs> This just go back to a job, like stop wasting all your money. Uh, it's stupid. It's not going to work. Uh, you know, like very demoralizing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so that, that was helping for me to like have a way to, I mean, I was, the, we were pissed because like, we were like, okay, no, you should be in, like supporting us, you know, instead of yeah. telling us we're stupid. <laughs> so, you know, support us. We're not stupid. We might be crazy, but we're not stupid. Uh, <laughs> There's a difference. And, you know, and so, and the funny thing is, uh, a few months later, like in June, I think that was in June 2021, I my first meme that had some traction was a joke about that, about my father-in-law telling me to get a job and me just building features and not making money and not understanding. So that was just like a joke about that. So th- that's a good place to kind of dive in a little bit. I've noticed that there are a lot of recurring themes in your tweets. And so you're, you're, you focus on uh, marketing, not features. You, you focus on, you know... Uh, making money like you know you're sweating and then you get another uh, payment or another transaction and then you get yeah. signs of life and stuff so you kind of have a few kind of core themes is that just because you notice that they've sort of resonated you tried a bunch of things you've tweeted a number of things and then you find some of these big yeah. themes and then you can uh, repeat them there's not like a big strategy it's mostly like uh, at first i tweeted about everything uh, and then yeah. i saw you know both that the best is to tweet about your experience when mm-hmm. i started tweeting i was trying to make like 
good sounding tweets like sound like uh, Naval or like one of the, these big accounts that can spit out like four words and people are like oh my god it's amazing so I was like I wanted to be that and a lot of people when they start Twitter they do that they try to spit out like small sentences and be like yeah that's a good tweet and then nobody gives a shit so that's what happened to me I tried that I you know and didn't work so then I started just talking about my experience so that's why I started tweeting like a bit longer like a long long tweet so like kind of Mm -hmm. like a short story because that was a way for me to tell my experience and Instead of trying to make a generality, uh, I trying to just say, hey, here's what happened with me and trying to find a way for, for it to be helpful with like extracting kind of like a lesson I learned. Uh, and that way, that was working way better. And with the memes, it's kind of the same process, like just making fun about things and seeing some things make people laugh more than others. Um, but mostly like since I do like one meme per day, eventually I'm like, I'm just running out of ideas. I'm like, every day I want to make a meme because it's become a thing now. So I just yeah. do it. And yeah. I always try to like, okay, I need it. So, you know, I, I have so many ideas like from time to time and I try them. Yeah. Um, but there's this, like right now I have this thing about free users against paying users, you know, like and like trying to pit them against each other like as a fun thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, the reason I talk so much about marketing is about what I just said about my experience. Like, as I said, the reason we spent two and a half years building it, not making any money, is because I didn't want to do marketing. I hated marketing. I thought it was stupid. And I thought if I just made the best product, I would have the next Facebook. Like, I thought, like, if I just make an amazing product, you know, I really believed that. Really, I really did. That was actually a source of conflict, with, like the co-founder that left and all that. So, like, I really know that that feeling. I know that feeling of making that mistake. And so that's why I keep repeating it. And at first, I was like, People are probably going to get tired. And I was back in like October, so like six months ago. But then I was like, I feel like on Twitter, like it's so, like it's so moving. Like people change all the time on Twitter. Like people use Twitter for a few months actively, then they leave, then new ones come in, then some come back. So I noticed uh, it's good to have like the same, to, it's not about repeating because I always create like different memes. But the yep. same message, it's like the same core message, but I never copy and paste tweet or a meme. But it's like, I mean, except like when I make it clear that it's like uh, an old one. But, uh, it, but yeah, it's, it's mostly because I also have like a limited experience. Like I'm not going to talk about VCs because I don't want to raise money. So mm-hmm. right now I'm talking about marketing. I'm talking about, right now I'm talking about pricing because I'm about to increase my pricing and it's stressing me out. So I made a couple of memes about increasing your pricing as a founder, yeah. you know. But, you know, it's, it's because I want to talk about my experience. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, there's kind of an element of humor, which I think resonates really well. I think you naturally have have that. And that's a great that's a great skill and just a great. Attribute. Yeah, yeah, I, and that seems to resonate really well. Um, and then there's this idea of working in public where you're basically saying, like, I'm about to raise my prices. And sometimes you make you you combine them like you show you like so maybe you're there's like a sweating image and then like, you're like, I'm about to raise my prices or you've, you've not in that exact meme format, but you've done similar with others. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting. So uh, you, I also want to unpack a little bit about your idea of daily. So I'm, I write daily. I've written for about, uh, almost 600 days in a row on my blog. Wow, um, thanks. Yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a labor of love. You do it. If you're doing it seven days a week, you're gonna, you have to love it. You have to at least enjoy it. And, uh, I like kind of, I like it. It's a good exercise. Um, what are your thoughts on, in terms of 
like daily. I mean, a lot of people can't commit to things weekly, monthly, let alone daily. Uh, how important is that to you and your strategy or just your approach? So I don't actually write daily because I schedule ahead of time. Mm -hmm. uh, what I do daily is engage with people. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, uh, if Twitter didn't penalize me for only engaging one day a week and I could just do one day engage with like 300 people and then be done, I would do that because like uh -huh. it's stressful to have to engage every day. Mm -hmm. but because it's like so useful for my business right now for how i grow then i'm like okay it's my way of getting customers so i need to make it into a habit so my daily habit is like engaging with people and mm -hmm. then about hiding so basically every morning is dedicated to twitter and the afternoon is for other things and usually what i do is like week a uh afternoon is going to be writing so it's going to be writing tweets creating memes and week B, it's going to be either my product or, you know, doing some other kind of marketing. Um, so that's usually how I do. But yeah, I noticed habits is so important, especially when you start. Because like two years ago, I have almost no customers. Uh, I didn't have any habits. I could just like, you know, spend my day trying to do shit. I had no, I had nothing that really worked. So I didn't have a plan. But now it's like, okay. I have this, I tried so many things and now I find one thing that worked with Twitter. So now it became a habit. And now my, basically my whole life is built around the time where I need to engage with Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and it was hard at the beginning, but, um, you know, I mean, it, it's what it takes uh, right now. So that's what I do. But yeah, I'm all for habits in like how, I mean, that's the only way I can relax now is because I have habits. Because without right. it, I'm always stressed of like, I'm not going to meet, you know, this kind of like deadline I have or like whatever, like it's impossible. Yeah, I love that. It's actually something. So as a marketing advisor, I try to turn all of my good ideas when I work with clients into a system or a habit of some kind. So then yeah. you're like, <clears throat> and I try not to have that take up more than 20 or 30% of their, their time. So about maybe 20 or 30% is like, let's run the habit. What happens daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual? And then yeah. how do you spend the rest of the time going in the offense, working on projects and that sort of thing? And it's just fascinating that you have that you, in, you know, it replaces discipline as long as you do the system, which still requires discipline. Um, yeah, yeah. You get the outcome. But it's, right? like, it's the funny thing about like leaving a job because, because like I left a job and before that I was freelancing, but basically uh, the discipline was coming from the outside. Like you have to meet a deadline. You have to do this for this guy, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the first year I wasn't working much on my startup because I was like, oh, I'm free of like the responsibilities. I'm free of the deadlines. So like the first year I was probably working three hours a day, to be honest, because uh, I was like, you know, I, I can do it this way. Then I realized, OK, it's not going to work. I need to work my ass off. I want to succeed. And then I started to see the value of discipline. But like that comes from me. And that's the beautiful, I feel like, growing up thing of like, okay, you do it because you're told and then you stop doing it because like you don't have to do it anymore. So fuck that. And then you realize, oh shit, it's valuable. And it's going to come from me. And that was beautiful. And now like, I mean, for the first time in my life, for the past two months now, I have an alarm clock. I never had one before because I don't like it. But now it's actually helping me. And I'm like, is this by because I'm getting old? I don't know. But like, I, I, there's this thing about, I actually love now setting my alarm clock, not too early. I said it like at 8.30 or 9, but 
but like for me it's still like a fucking alarm clock and like i said it in the evening and i'm like awesome tomorrow morning i wake up and be able to get good work done i'm so happy so that's like totally different perspective oh that's great it's great that you feel that way because a lot of people are miserable or sunday rolls around and they're looking forward to monday and they're just saying oh i have to do another week and so yeah. in some ways you've already won i know you're not at the income level maybe you're you're hoping for you're not you haven't become a millionaire unicorn yeah, no. yet you know but hey the the road is ahead of you and there's a big need for logos and there's so much scope that you can expand to if you wanted yeah, to yeah, but i yeah, even I, joke. I said that i already won i mean i'm very happy so yeah. yeah as long as your father-in-law recognizes that too it actually it doesn't matter i'm only joking anyway but yeah, it doesn't matter <laughs> I, like I even joked with you, actually, I'm like, if this whole logo thing doesn't work out, you could start a meme business. And I think you didn't know what I mean, but I genuinely think that businesses could benefit, you know, so I'm putting on my marketing hat again. Now I know this, your, your approach is unique to you and your experience. Um, but I think, I think one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you is because I believe memes are an extraordinarily powerful way to generate engagements, spread messages. That's the whole thing. There, there's a viral component to them. Yeah. And there's a whole communication language with, you know, repeating images. So people use the same sort of set of images, yeah, maybe yeah. their movie screenshots, and, and then they apply an idea. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to, you know, go down that rabbit hole, but I, I genuinely think you could have like a whole memes as a service if, if, that, if that was even possible. Because I think it's that valuable and I think it's really hard for companies to do that themselves. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, finding a good copywriter or something like that. Like it's about having a sense of humor. Like it's very subtle. It's very subtle yeah. to make a good meme. Like it my is. first ones weren't very good. Like I look at them now, you know, look back. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's like, uh, that's why I wanted to keep doing one a day because I really saw the potential and I was happy. And I was like, I'm going to get better at this, you know. So yeah, and they get a lot of engagement, man. Like you get, I've noticed some of them get over a thousand likes and hundreds of comments, retweets, yeah. shares. So um, it's interesting because uh, yeah. it's not what brings me the most followers. It's not what brings me the mm. most uh, meaningful engagement. You know, yeah. uh, uh, it's and the reason I keep, but I kept doing it for fun. You know, at first. And the interesting thing is now it's part of my brand, basically. Mm -hmm. And now people know me for that. And so now it's awesome. But what I, what I mean by that is that memes in itself, uh, it's, like, it's, like, it's like another dimension of connecting with someone. But like, let's say I share a story about my startup, like some very intense thing that happened. I'm going to get like the engagement I get is going to be people who care. So they're going to be curious about my startup. They're going to want maybe follow me. They go like, it's going to be a real connection. And that's like the most valuable thing. Whereas like a meme, even if it has like 2000 likes, I mean, mostly people just liking it and they don't give a shit about me. They just saw a cool image. They like it. They have fun. They move on. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, on a different level. I mean, both are important. What I'm saying is that uh, I saw a lot of people trying to do memes you know, recently, like about startups and they don't get traction instantly. And so they give up because it doesn't really help them. And so they realize that that's more like uh, the, the main value I get for me is personal branding of like, oh, this is the guy who does the memes. Uh, so I'm known for that. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, it's, it, yeah. But uh, the value comes in like the repetition of like doing memes all the time because it's like mm -hmm. kind of like, I mean, you know, it's, Making people laugh, it like it's so much better to build trust with people 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like like now, I have a lot of people who are customers of my startup logology, and this when I you know I send an email to every customer to thank them, and some of them reply, "I love the memes, dude." You know, and like and, and I know the memes help in like connecting on a deeper level. Like it's not just corporate bullshit. It's not like serious. It's like also, hey, we're having fun. It's like it creates so much more bonding. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you only do memes, it's dangerous. But if you do them as part of like uh, a content creation that has some value, like like not just fun, but like some value to bring, then it's like the kind of like the catalyst and like the spice that makes it like way more tangible and emotional with people in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, in so in marketing, there's sort of two categories. There's there's brand, and then there's direct direct and direct is more about like buy my thing do do this take this action that's direct oh yeah that's what i mean and brand is about how people feel and and people only buy if they feel good like very like like never do people like most people don't buy things unless they feel genuinely good about it unless they're like coerced or they need to you know they have to replace their their roof or something and whatever right even then they're going to go with the option that makes them feel something at least the most comfortable the most confident whatever the choice is so you're really investing in that, which is like, it's kind of like the opposite of selling. You're just kind of joking and having fun, adding value yeah. creates a feeling. And then people are more likely to know, like, and trust you. And I've recommended your services to several people. Yeah. Probably Thank because you. of that. Yeah. Because yeah. Of, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's really interesting. You say that because, uh, so because I, when I went full on Twitter, like in last, last year, I completely stopped working on my product because I had been working on it for two and a half years. So, you know, like yeah. it was ready. Uh, and I had like already customer feedbacks, so already improved based on feedback. Uh, and so I spent like the next 10 months Twitter on, I did nothing else but on my life but Twitter, okay? So mm-hmm. I, you know, I started developing this meme creating skills, you know, writing yeah. skills, you know, got better, engagement, Twitter strategy, all that. And the funny thing is, uh, so I started getting more sales for my product. Like, you know, from Twitter, obviously, it's like most of my sales come from there. Uh, and because of that, because of that trust factor. And the second part I noticed, which I knew, but I knew intellectually, but I didn't realize how powerful it was, is I think it was in December that I crossed uh, 10K followers. Uh, that was in December, if I remember correctly. And Last year, just like four months ago? Yeah. Or yeah, four months, yeah, five months. Wow. Yeah, so five months now ago. you're at nearly 30s. Yeah, but like it's exponential. So like uh, it's yeah. like it's uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, normal. Like it's uh, like basically like the first months I got like a hundred followers. Then the second I got two hundred. Then the third one four hundred. And now like at between three and five thousand a month. But it's with the same kind of amount of work. But it's because like the network goes bigger around you. So like every tweet gets more viral. You know. That's uh, interesting. Uh, interesting. And are your sales going up? Are your sales growing exponentially? Like I know, I know you've shown no, me a chart that's they're the growing. Sad part. <laughs> the sad part is that like basically this. Well, wait, let me just finish my thought there. It's like when I crossed 10k, I mean conversion rates with no thing else that changed. Conversion rates just went way up. But when I mean way up, it's like I mean it's very hard to measure because like it's uh, but like it's between 25 and 50 percent up, and that was to me like a big change in sales. Wow. Just around the same time that I went above 10K. Like, mm-hmm. because, and, you know, I can't be certain, but I notice also the way people behave with me on Twitter change. And mm-hmm. I think there's something about, you know, social proof, obviously. 
And so it's like one of these components of like looking like you're someone just because it's just a number, you know, but like it still counts for people. I didn't know it counted so much, but it does. And so it completely changed the way people trust me and my product. And if you mix that with like the humor side and like the value side, like the whole thing together, it's like no brainer. Like I trust this guy. If I need a logo, I'm going to see him. Right. You know? And you're so consistent though, because I always say there's three there's three factors. There's recency. How recently have I heard of someone? Because that's going to yeah. be making me more likely to refer or buy. Yeah. Uh, how frequently do I see them? Because then you're you're making more of an impact in my brain. You're you're paying yeah. my brain with True. value. True. And and then the potency, which is where I think the memes really come in. How 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 high fidelity? How how's how good is that experience? Or how like yeah, how much yeah. impact how, does it make? How deep do you connect with someone emotionally? Yeah. Yeah. So by you going daily, you're you're checking the frequency box. Also, you're, you're engaging with people like crazy in a, in a great way. Uh, so recency, frequency are then. And then the memes really add a significant additional level of potency, in my yeah. view, just from an outsider's perspective, because it just kind of creates an emotion as opposed to, yeah, like, yeah. Naval is great, but most people can't be Naval. And so a lot of times, it, you know, the, the platitudes don't create an emotion. Therefore, you're not really it's, Exactly, yeah, I, I don't know how. And, but the thing about platitudes is I used to think, uh, so, you know, I tried it. So I had this, uh, I wanted to do a platitude like him. I mean, or like big accounts and I tried and I failed. And then I was like, okay, it's because I'm a small account, uh, yeah. which is a part of the story. Okay. Yeah. But then I realized as I write every day, reply to people every day, like it takes a big skill to do a good platitude, you know? Yeah. And actually some platitudes aren't platitude, uh, platitudes because, and, and like the more I write, the more now I have this skill of now, I mean, a bit more the skill of saying something meaningful in like a few words because I said it so many times, because I told my story, because I replied to people. So now I can make platitudes that sound good. So now I do some of them, like some very short ones, uh, and, they found, and they are like engaging. Uh, mm. And like there's an art to writing like a very short statement that I didn't have at the beginning. And now this last couple of months, I started to do that because I noticed some of my replies and I didn't want, because I was like, okay, I had this experience in the past of writing a short tweet and it does and it fails. But I realized when it's a really like, when it really hits, and it's kind of like a meme, like a meme, if you want it to work, it's usually better to have very sh short caption. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, that's what I noticed because really, it just hits you way more, but like it's harder, you know, to make yeah. a short caption because it has to yeah. really hit. Um, it's like the same, it's, it's the same. Like if you really are able to make your point in like five words and it's still a unique perspective, then it's not a platitude. It's just like a fire tweet, but it takes like, it takes writing a lot of long tweets to get there. It's kind of like when you write a blog or something, you start as like, you know, 2000 words and then you trim it and it's like 500, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like the same thing, you know? Yeah, I try to keep my blog post under 300, just cover one idea. And that means oh, when yeah, my brain is tired, it's long and it's kind of tired, like, and, and it's not that clear. But when I'm, when I'm clear headed, I can get those down. And, and, uh, that's the key, I think, to like, to, if you're going to go, it's to me, they're daily emails. So if you're going to, if I'm going to go into someone's inbox, I want them to be like, okay, I'm going to get something very quickly, some a little yeah. hit of value. Cause yeah, cause it's daily. It's like you want it to be quick. Yeah. Yeah, because no one's, you know, it takes mental energy to read stuff and whatever yeah. else. Um, yeah, interesting. So 
so you have this work in public and I, and I love that because it shows some kind of vulnerability, you know, when you, when you joke about, you know, income fluctuation and all these other things, you, you talk about your challenges. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, just to kind of think in terms of the listeners of, of this podcast and video, uh, well, you know, some of them are marketing consultants, some of them are, um, freelancers. And so there's this expectation that you need to be sort of an expert and, uh, and sometimes I guess people are challenged by working in public because they also have to be a learner and they have to be, you have to be open and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, what do you, like, how do you think working in public works for someone? I mean, you're not a consultant or a freelancer, but what would you suggest for someone who's trying to work in public, both being showing intelligence, but also being vulnerable? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? I, yeah. Well, that kind of like brings me back to what I said earlier about trying to sound like a badass versus sharing my experience. And that's the same, like now I noticed it's very dangerous to try to sound like an expert because mm. then it becomes an argument. Like people can say, oh no, you're wrong. Or people can right. say, oh no, I don't believe that. When mm. you try to make a statement of like, yeah. here is how you should do your life, you know? Yeah. And so now I stay away from that. And so my advice would be, what have you learned? What, what have you noticed? Like kind of like take it from a humble perspective of like mm -hmm. what I have noticed, but not trying to take, take it to like conclusions that are kind of like closed. Like don't say like, like I don't want to say to people like to go on Twitter, you need to do exactly this. I, I would rather say, here's how I learned to go on Twitter and here's what I do to do that. I mean, to, to reach like 30K followers. And right. that's like a small change. But like when you do that, people support you way more. I mean, it depends. Like some people can make it work. You have some people like you just look at their profiles. Oh, this guy is the shit. I want to listen to what they say. No. I mean, yeah. again, just like what I was saying, there's not the only way. I'm not telling you this is the only way. I'm telling you, like, if you feel uncomfortable with that, I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I do feel uncomfortable with that. And so yeah. I would advise to just like focus on like, again, wait, people cannot argue with like, hey, here's what I learned. But they can argue with like, this is what you should do. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So and people don't like to be told what they to what yeah, to do, right? Yeah, I mean, entrepreneurs, does. especially. Especially entrepreneurs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you a follow-up question, but I can't I can't remember what it was. But yeah, it's just interesting that because it, it creates a really a connection. I think people do business with people. Like if you removed Elon Musk from his company, I don't know if they would have, like, they don't do any marketing because he's on Twitter, which makes sense as to why maybe he's thinking about buying Twitter and he does memes as yeah, well. Yeah. And he's very funny and stuff. Um, so you people know, buy like, from people and that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know, the, there's like a few people like, uh, who follow me, who I become, uh, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, Twitter friends with like mm -hmm. a bunch of young, uh, coders, uh, mostly from India. Like some guys, someone is 13. There's one who's 17. There's one like, young kids like just learning to code but it's just like tweet every day they have big like audience between 10k and 50k these guys wow. just like hustle on twitter all day and they code and they learn to code and you know even me like i have like 15 years experience coding i'm like when i need to hire someone to code i'm probably good to this guy like this guy is like 15 but like yeah. i see he shares about what he learns and i'm like right. oh he knows his shit you know so there's really not this thing, i mean at least for me maybe some because i mean obviously depending on who you're targeting like i'm an entrepreneur i'm a self-learner so i don't mind hiring someone who isn't like an expert but like yeah. you know depending on who you're targeting but if you're, if you're targeting people you know normal people i don't think they, are, they would mind like i i mean as long as it's not like crazy b2b 
actual rocket science shit like yeah you can just like you know i feel like it's 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 usually going to pay off more to be vulnerable and share your learnings because when you share your learnings people trust that you know, you know right you're not just talking on high from a mountain you're saying i tried this and what i love about you is like you're like you're like i tried this it didn't work now i do this and it works like i thought I needed to build more features. And this is a big one of your hooks. Like I thought I needed to build more features for my startup to grow. turns out I just needed to do marketing. Now it's working or something. And so it's a nice way to say like, here's where I ran into the wall. Here's what, here's my insight rather than yeah. saying like thou shall do market yeah, yeah, it, yeah, all the time and whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've talked about kind of working in public. We've talked about memes. We've talked about daily and I think, you know, in, in habitualizing what you do, um, We've talked about the kind of being a little bit vulnerable, and I think that's a really valuable kind of skill to have. We've talked about the way you reply. You want to make your replies feel like individual uh, tweets, that, and then maybe you eventually turn them into individual tweets. Um, I'm just wondering if we could get a little bit tactical before we kind of wrap things up and just sort of understand maybe some of the tools and, and sort of your workflow as you go about it. Like you're a power user on Twitter. Is there any tools you use to make that process easier or so you can more or more efficient? So the okay, so for Twitter, uh, I use a few tools. I think the bit the big thing once you start engaging with people, you start getting lots of notifications, even at the beginning, like even when I had like 500 followers. Uh, and so the big thing I started is I started learning Twitter uh, keyboard shortcuts because you can actually use Twitter with just the keyboard if you want. It's kind of like has you know Vim uh, shortcuts, you know, not that I'm using vim but like i know you know it's something people know yeah. uh i don't want to pretend like i'm a vim user because i'm not i use an IDE. i use visual studio code i'm a human being i'm not like this crazy amazing engineer <laughs> robot. Not, you know so don't think that uh so yeah no just uh so yeah so i use that uh you know learn the twitter shortcuts so now i only use the keyboard for twitter so it allows me to go from one tweet to the next like using j and k and like mm -hmm. you know and I also bought a small tool for emojis, which is called Rocket, you know, like a rocket ship. I think I've used that before, yeah. It's like a $10 uh, Mac app. I mean, I'm on the Mac. You probably can find an equivalent on Windows uh, mm -hmm. or, or Linux. But like, because I use tons of emojis uh, all yeah. the time in replies, because it's like so much easier to, to connect with people emotionally. Like if you just say, hey, thanks, I like it, but it's cool. But if you say, hey, thanks, I like it, uh, you know, rocket ship emoji, heart emoji, like it just connects way deeper. Mm -hmm. So I use emojis on almost everything. So I have this thing which allows me to have keyboard shortcuts for emojis. So I basically just going to type uh, like a key. It opens yeah. like, uh, and I, uh, kind of like in Slack, you know, when you can, you know, like you do colon and then... shortcuts. Yeah, yeah, you can basically you type the word, like you type a specific key and then a word and it's going to give you the emoji for that word. So yeah. I can really stay full like keyboard. So mm -hmm. it makes me go twice as fast for mm -hmm. replying. Because like, if, yeah. and even for engaging, because I engage like two hours a day. So like, it's one way to be effective. And then it's like, I'm going to use tools like Black Magic, which is the big one. It's a Chrome extension by Tony Din. Uh, it's like paid. It's like, I think $7 a month, the first price. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it, the number one thing I use it for is to know if one of my, because like, you know, Twitter depends a lot on the algorithm of like how your tweet is going to succeed. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, you know, uh, 
writing a small course on that to help people figure out how to get engagement on Twitter. I was going to ask you yeah. about that. Yeah. About your thoughts yeah. on algorithms. Um, maybe but, we can do uh, a quick tangent. Is there any main things with yeah. the algorithm that you look for? Uh, you know, the algorithm is actually fairly stupid and simple. Yeah. Uh, and that's why engaging with people works so well. Basically the key is how do you make people see your tweets? Because you think people follow you so they see your tweets, but they don't. Like your followers don't see your tweets, like by yeah, default. Because yeah. like they're just like a feed of like tons of shit and you're not in it usually. So yeah. how do you get in it? Well, they need Twitter needs to think, I mean needs to know that they like you. You know, they mm. need to think, oh, okay, I like this guy. So Twitter will show me the content of this guy. Okay. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, you engage with them. You engage with them by engaging with them. If you are actually useful or supportive or whatever, they will engage back. Mm -hmm. And if they engage back, it tells Twitter, oh, okay, this is, there's a relationship there. So next time you tweet, they will see it. Yeah, because so I see like 50 people's tweets now and I follow maybe 800 or something. It's it's actually bad. And, yeah. I, and like I need to go in and look at my followers and start messaging, like replying and maybe that's use what a tweet I deck do or something. Morning. <laughs> like, like, I don't use the feed at all. Like I actually have like a small script that I built that goes to people and tells me who tweeted in the last 24 hours and then open yeah. their profile and I can go whatever uh, I engage with them. So that's so that, but I, I'm basically yeah, that's like, like the whole system. So I'm starting to hide about it because it's been useful to people like that I talk to. So I'm, yeah. I'm hiding this whole system. Uh, but yeah, so the tools I use and the second most important one is like Black Magic because it tells me if a, if a tweet failed. Because like when you write content, like it takes a long time to write, you know, quality content. So like, how do you know if something is good or bad? If like, imagine like you tweet a good tweet but then it bombs because like the algorithm didn't show it to anyone. So then you don't have actual feedback. You don't know. So the good thing with black magic is it tells me the percentage of engagement and, you know, based on my past tweets and based on like, you know, on regular performance. So, you know, if your tweet is like above average or below average mm -hmm. and what it helps me is like, I mean, it doesn't happen so much anymore because now, you know, with everything I do, the algorithm shows me everywhere usually. But it's great. it used to be so helpful at the beginning when you tweet something, you work your ass off on it and it gets like two likes or zero. And then with Blackmagic, you know, oh, okay, it's because it has zero impressions or like very few. But you can see that the percentage of people who saw it actually engaged with it. So it was actually a good one. So then what mm -hmm. I would do is I would save it and then, you know, Three months later, I tweeted again, and then it would take off because the algorithm was in better mood that day. So it's very important to know if your content is good or bad to have that because, you know. Right. So that's great. So even though it maybe didn't get a lot of impressions, maybe you published it at midnight and your, your audience is online yeah, at seven in the morning. Which you should never do, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do that all the time. Like by the time I write my, I often write my daily article at night and then I'll just, I'll either publish it or I'll just. I'm trying to save it for the next day to just share something about it and re kind of re-communicate it and links yeah. suppress it. Right. So you're trying to, you, you want to leave everything on the platform. Is that? Yeah. Kind of I almost thinking? don't use links, but yeah, you should, uh, you shouldn't. Yeah. Should yeah. Avoid it. yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So use black magic. You have your own little tool to see who's tweeting in the last 24 hours. I guess you can turn off the, 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 you could create it to like timeline view or something, or use tweet deck if you wanted to like just see the stream of tweets. Yeah. But... I mean, if you're going to use like, Twitter ex basic experience, you should like use this little icon on the top right to switch mm -hmm. to time and not like 
Yeah. I mean, I say that, but when I say that, then people see less of my tweets because my tweets are trending. So they're not going to be showing because like, my tweets show on right. the feed. But, I, the I, but still, the real thing is if you want to go on Twitter, don't go on the fucking feed. Like, it's bad. Yeah. 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 It's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's not going to show you the people you want to see. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem that I'm experiencing right now. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm looking for people's tweets that I follow and I'm not seeing, I'm seeing the same 20, 30, 50 people. Yeah. yeah. Because they the figured problem. out. Yeah. They are going yeah. And I'm not replying enough. And so it's really a matter of engaging with people, like treating it like, you know, because if I'm not engaging with people then or enough, then I'm not going to see their tweets and then they'll go, they'll basically go dark. And actually, it's the opposite. Like it's, I mean, uh, it's if they don't engage with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. No, no, you're right. You're right. It's, uh, yeah, from both, your side, maybe. I was thinking of the conversation earlier, but no, yeah. If you don't engage with them, you're not going to show this, see their tweets. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, especially to get the ball rolling and then more people see it and then engagement goes up and that sort of thing. Okay, uh, any other tools that you want to share? I don't want to get too far into the tactics, but because it's really about yeah, the philosophies the memes, that you share. For the memes, uh, I use a tool called Image Flip. So okay. I-N-G-F-L-I-P, uh, like a website. And mm -hmm. it's very cool because you can like browse templates and see what people have done with it. So you know actually how to use it. I mean, what kind of, joke is expected with a template yeah then you can just take a joke and you know turn it into whatever you want to talk about it's like it's that's how i started now i don't use it so much because i exhausted all their templates pretty much so now i <laughs> yeah. kind of like go like on searching like gag and reddit and find like templates nobody knows about they're kind of like you know cutting edge shit but yeah i mean if you just want to create a few memes go to image flip uh, look at their popular templates look at how people use it and you know try to find a couple of ideas usually you can find a couple of ideas if you, if you if you stick like one hour looking through things eventually you'll figure something and do you try to hop onto trends if there's any like current trends with memes you know how some memes go really viral or they're everywhere do you try to hop on that or no i i, I really hate following trends i don't know it's really? I don't know where it comes from but it's not even just limited to twitter it's with anything like with music with anything yep. i hate it because like i feel like when you follow trends, you you don't know if it's good or bad, you know. But like, right. if you wait for a few years, then you know. So that's right. how I do it. But but with trends, I probably I totally people kept telling me do a meme about the you know Will Smith, obviously. Yeah. And, thing. and I think <laughs> like I want to build more I features. Slap. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do it. And like, so tons of people did it because you know it's an easy win, like marketing yeah. features, boom, you know, easy. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I stay away from that now. I stay away from the easy ones. Uh, Interesting. Because you know, like uh, I need to stay on top of my game. Because like ton of people make memes now, <laughs> and so I I try to find new ideas. So yeah, I I didn't do it. Maybe I'll do it someday. But I wasn't I wasn't inspired by this one, so I didn't do it. Yeah, well, that one is. I mean, there's a lot of emotion packed with that one, and I can see maybe where I don't know. But I mean, I'll do it when I find like the perfect caption that nobody expects. Like I'm not going right. to do it if it's just like uh, you know marketing slapping features. But if I find some crazy idea that's actually new, well, oh man, because like, it's an amazing one. template, so I want to save it for like a badass idea. Do you so do? Would you let it season? Would you let it like age out so it's no longer popular, and then bring it back when people are not expecting it, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, that's that's minute? more my that's more my thing. That's really? My, okay, that's good because yeah. that one feels like a perfect prime opportunity for someone saying, "Oh, I'm not going to market my business. I'm just going to add more features, my startup." And then you can imagine Will Smith coming and be like, you know, smacking the sense out of someone. Anyway. 
Yeah, it could um, be that. It could be that. Yeah. But, uh, well, this has been really, really great. I think I just wanted to kind of share with the community. I think memes as a marketing tactic it can be highly effective. And um, yeah, I, I like about, part of like a big tactic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Because what I like about your approach is you, 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 a your main philosophy, your mindset, which is I think important, is to treat it like a like a community. So you're interacting and participating in the community. You wouldn't go up and overhear something someone said and be like, "That's great." Like you, you'd say, "Oh, I, I heard the same thing." Like you'd say something meaningful if you were going to say something to someone yeah, sort of yeah, in the community yeah. at large. And okay. you, I can tell you spend time thinking about it because your replies are as good as most or better than most people's tweets. Um, so we talked about working public daily, creating habits, you, you know, you've used a few, a few tools, the tools don't, don't, you can, there are many tools out there. Yeah. Um, it's really about the mindset. So I don't want to over reinforce that. Um, yeah. any sort of parting advice for someone who wanted to grow their business, whether, you know, or help their clients in my case, grow their business, uh, using Twitter or using memes, is there any sort of kind of final bits of wisdom or takeaways that someone can, can pick up from you? So I think we covered the most important, but if it's about business specifically, I would say focus on like the person and not like the brand account. So even if you're like a brand, because like we have an account for our startup, like Logology, you know, we have, mm -hmm. but like if it's just a logo and not like your face, like it's not going to connect as well. Right. So like the big thing people do is they just like, they, they just use a brand account and they're like, oh, it's not growing, but like, it's actually 10 times harder. Like, and, I, and I use this example. I'm like, if you had a choice between following Steve Jobs and Apple, who would you follow? You know, yeah. one is going to give you vision of the world and with, or like Elon Musk versus Tesla. One is going to give you, you know, insights that are interesting and the other one is going to be product updates. So, you know, who gives a shit, you know? So yeah. that's the same thing. And you are trying to build a brand account. I would really try to strive for like, who's the person behind the brand uh, you know, and I would focus on that. I feel like it's a big thing. Uh, and, and actually by doing that, I grow my brand account because people know I'm doing logology. So they, they check it. We, mm -hmm. and we grow like a few, like a dozen followers or a couple dozen followers a week. Uh, and we, we post a few updates on there, you know, because it's, it's more like a professional thing to show yeah. people that we exist, people that don't know me, but know logology, but you know, but yeah, I would focus on the personal and not the brand when you try to. So, so you, let's say you're trying to market any business. You're saying, you know, try to use this, bring the CEO in, help them. Yeah, whatever, like the voice CEO or, or even just like a person that. A person on the team. But like that yeah. you can identify as like part of this company. And yeah. but that has a voice because uh, people connect with people basically. Yeah. Well, this has been really great, Doug. Thank you so much for taking the time to share this uh, with us and um, a lot of value packed in here. So I'm going to write up a whole bunch of notes and share this with, with my community. Um, where can people go to, first of all, follow you so they can learn from the, 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 the best? Uh, on Where can they go to follow you? And then where do they go to learn more about your logo design business? So the Twitter is, uh, you know, you can find me, you type Dagobert or Dago, Dago Renouf. Uh, mm -hmm. just type Dagobert, it does not like too many. So you should find me pretty easily. Yep. And then the business is called Logology. So it's logology.co. Mm -hmm. And you know, the whole thing is about helping you brand your startup with like the same quality as working with a designer, but without having to hire a designer. Because right. uh, you know, we designed everything ahead of time. So we just match with the perfect thing and you can be ready quickly. So, I love yeah. that. Anything else you want to plug uh, or anything else you want to share? 
no, that's it. I have these two things. I'm like pretty focused on that, uh, you know, Love and, you know, soon there'll be a small course about Twitter I'm going to release. I'm working with it now, but, you know, when you build a startup, there's so much things to do. I don't know when it's going to come out, but, you know, I'm yep. trying like that. Yeah, it's not your core. So you just do it in your part time. But I yeah, know this has yeah. been a, a bit of a masterclass. So I appreciate there's a lot of wisdom Thanks. and gems in here. So awesome. when that happens, let me know so I can share it uh, with everyone as well. Yeah. Okay, Thank you. Thank you, Dag. And um, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you again on Twitter. Yeah, you too, man. That was good.